Part 1, Chapter 5 of Rhonda, or Thirty-Three Years in a Star, by Florence Carpenter Dioudon. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 5 Blossoms When daylight came, our friends were still in existence and gathered about our houses. I had feared that they would vanish as a dream of night. They led us to a vale, hidden between perpendicular walls of rock. Miles and miles, the cleft extended, and the surface of the lowland was filled with strange-looking growth. Tall pods, smooth and satiny, in color pale green, stood like soldiers in an army. The pods were as much as ten feet in height, and shaped like the husks of an ear of corn. Walking among these pods, we heard confused murmurs and calls, as if the green things themselves had voices. Then we came upon one of the pods burst open. From the husk crawled forth a winged man, blind and helpless, his huge wings useless and cumbersome. I saw the truth. These people were a living vegetable, a product of the soil. After we had somewhat recovered from our consternation, we began to consult. It was blossoming time. We must harvest our people. Thousands of subjects for Regan, thousands of artisans for me, sailors for airships, toilers at looms. A host of people for Father Anaden to preach to and to teach. A crowd to fill a vast cathedral, a populace. We remained among them for some weeks, until they were strong enough to fly away over wood and mountain isle. We taught them our language, engrafted our ideas upon them, and instilled our desires into the minds and hearts of this new multitude. We were earnest politic workers. For once, every one of us joined in the one great purpose, to civilize the people that we need not live in a world alone. Our success was unlimited. There seemed to be no barriers to their understanding. They comprehended, became interested. In a few weeks, they helped us plan. We had a great army of docile, winged servants. There appeared to exist no envy, hate, or anger among them. They were ambitious, but they were not treacherous. Their faith in us, in all we hoped and in all we did, was perfect. Regan was delighted. He planned the most stupendous works. We took possession of four great plains bordering on the sea, and each, with those who chose to assist, began improvements. I will build a cathedral which shall surpass St. Peter's, said Father Anaden. I shall have a praise-offering congregation, for I see no sin among these bird-men. They are not a fallen race. Their brain is not clogged by wickedness. That is why they learn so fast. We knew another thing, but we thought Father Anaden did not see it. So we did not tell him. It was that this people, with all their brilliance of intellect, lacked something. 
they would never be a dominant race. They must have leaders, and I am compelled to acknowledge that in Regan they had found one. What a commander of hosts he would have been, had there been any occasion for the hosts. What a defender of the nations, had there only been need of a defense. We even began to dislike our security. As it was, Regan built walls and piers, planted great gardens to decorate his mountainsides, erected towns and surrounded them with terraces of earth and stonework, where the silver of fountains was contrasted with pale thread-like leaves, purple pansy color, and deep cardinal red. The spires and domes and squares which he designed were always architecturally superior to any which the rest of us could conceive. Isabella had a pretty little town. Every house seemed a home-like cottage of earth. She had schools and soon printing presses, upon which Father Renaudin printed condensed remembrances of the most important subjects of earthly teachings. Isabella herself put into record music and poetry, original and selected. We found among the volcano's rocky depths many beds of sulfur. We found also many minerals of earth, of iron, lead, silver, and salt. We had mines and worked them. A heavy reed, growing in abundance, was easily pasted and pressed into sheets of paper. Among the grasses we found one rice-like seed which gave us a substance which, when crushed, made a not unwholesome, flowery food. We found some roots which were palatable when baked. We had varied and delicious fruits. We made cloth from straw and from bark, and from a cotton-like growth we manufactured a fine, soft, gauze-like material, very beautiful. Along the mountainside was a flattened rock platform, upon which we built great rough-walled manufactories, and the smoke looked very earthly as it rose from the pipes and chimneys. Of laborers, we had a limitless supply, each hand as interested in our experiments as we were ourselves. Of demand for our wares, we had almost too much for the whole star wished to possess each article of convenience, dress, or luxury. In a singularly perfect copy of earth, the furnishings and decorations of the rooms of the palaces of piled-up smoothed stone thickened in the veils. We taught these men the use of pen and ink, taught them correspondence, postal service, and the value of the clinking silver coins. We brought the study of music into light, and they constructed, after our models, harps, cymbals, trumpets, guitars, and drums. Anthems and chorals for the cathedral service were chanted in the halls. Light and graceful melodies of earth were trilled from the hills. Art was represented by colossal statuary in glass, stone, and lava, in painting, and in metalwork. Oils and crude colors for painting were collected, the first from slain animals, 
the second from earth's crushed berries and ground minerals it was a busy bustling little star whirling in a furnace heat toward the sun the only comfortable hours upon it were in the night when venus was ablaze before us the years went by so fast the clouds sank closer to the surface of the star we began to be almost smothered in their noonday weight the growth of the verdure of the star had changed it from a black lava ball to one mass of green and gorgeousness the tops of the peaks alone stood above the vines the trees were lost in their own green moss clung to everything the steaming sea always boiling in spots above the lava of subterranean chasms and volcanoes further moistened the noonday air which if it had been of earth had been utterly unendurable in its temperature we understood that the clouds cloaked our planet the dense air was not like the world's atmosphere we were close to the orbit of venus we feared that we should go on and burn in the flames of the sun we appointed a day to gather with our chief friends that we might report our achievements and our successes we were to meet at the town built by father renaudin where we arranged for a grand festival to take place in his cathedral now nearly completed after a long day's travel i arrived weary and dusty isabella and father renaudin came out to meet me it was sunset the last beam of sunlight had just left the scene it was a still sultry purplish twilight as we walked beneath an avenue of bloom we heard the most enchanting music stepping through the bowers of green we looked up into the sky above the surface so far as to be still in the glow of the sun which was below the horizon we saw a multitude of white-robed people is it a stampede of angels asked father renaudin their floating white robes and shining flying hair were outlined on the blue sky they were illuminated by a flood of golden sunshine they were carrying something we could hear their melodious song like the sound of a far-off bell we could see wreaths of flowers a mica-bright surface the latter was a glistening car therein most gorgeous in apparel like an indian prince for brilliance of attire was regan crowned and sceptred he was followed at a distance we now saw by troops of his birdmen it was a true misery to me whatever this villainous regan did was always done with so much majesty that there was no use in trying to think it was ridiculous he really is a monarch it does not help me that he has made himself one i thought i raged at my own stupidity there were my people they would have borne me and have sung for me they would have wrought fabrics and wreaths for me but i came on foot i arrived dusty and tired 
it was Regan first again. We enjoyed our festival. That is, I suppose the rest did. We had torches by thousands at the feast, had music from seashells, reeds, and stringed instruments. We seemed to be in a magic land. The air was so soft, the star Venus so brilliant. The scene was bewildering. The sea was musical. The star is small, but it is ours, we said. There were no warlike races to conquer, no insubordinate people to subdue. There was nothing to hinder the grand march of progress. I noticed that Isabella looked pale and very sad. I had never seen such an expression upon her face before. The walls of the house where we went after the fete was over were glittering with glass satin panels. The doors were hung with fabrics of gold-colored straw and of brilliant color. The floors were of polished woods, overlaid with grass rugs. Flowers were banked in corners, and a fire was upon the hearth, for we could not pass the hours of night without great fires on account of the exceeding dampness of the air. When we had quietly settled ourselves for the few hours left till day, the rain began to fall heavily. While Father Renaudin and Regan were at the table before the door, looking over maps, I sat beside Isabella, and we were speaking of the change which we had made in the star. If these people could not fly, they would work slower. They are living machines, don't you think so? said Isabella. Certainly, their wings are a great advantage, replied I. Do you know what Regan has done about the wings? asked Isabella. Uh, no. Then he has not told you. No. He calls them hideous deformities, cumbersome appendages. Yes, I know he don't like the powerful wings of the people. Uh, but what is it, Isabella? He says they are only subject when they choose to be, temporarily. Yes. Isabella, have you seen Regan often in all these years? Oh, yes, very often, answered she paying no heed to me or my questions, absorbed as ever with some idea about Regan. Duped, duped, that hammer-like voice in my ears again. I am so troubled, Roy. He has cut off their wings from ten. What? Yes. He thought they would recover, but they, they... Died? No. I wish they had. They languished a while, and then they fell upon the ground, only to look more and more miserable. Finally, to end their misery, he... Isabella began to weep bitterly. How in the world did you learn all this? I exclaimed. I was there, she answered composedly, as regarded my question only in tears over Regan's iniquity. 
well roy he killed them they are vegetables you know regan's a murderer she heard the triumph and pleasure in my voice he is king she began vehemently nonsense he is a criminal he ought to be hanged not for subjects not by subjects i had never seen isabella so beautiful she looked like an enraged goddess he is king he has a right to kill can you forget so right it is right of another world it has no place here calling men vegetables does not change the crime insisted i these creatures have souls they are the humanity of the sphere i shall tell you nothing more roy said isabella you do not comfort me in my troubles you only make me feel worse she turned to go stay here stay here i exclaimed it has been years since i have heard your voice till now stay here and talk to me and she stopped dried her tears and did not go away from my side until the party broke up for the night there were some good things about the star after all one need not follow all the hypocrisies of earth if isabella wished to remain and talk with me she could do so when i was alone in my apartments listening to the heavy rain i thought it over it was a murderer who wore the silver crown the broidered robes who was so kingly in his manner a murderer was ruler of the star must i be one of his minions i roy lee he was our law why not kill ten men now and then in some disagreeable way he made us all realize his power i was madly in love with isabella but if i should marry her regan would possibly kill her what would father Anaden think now of the monster whom he had crowned he ought to take the crown from his head and give it to me i was the more worthy no blood stained my hands my station education and character were suited to the position that name or title of king seemed very powerful with isabella it was no use to gnash my teeth and roll on my bed i dashed the long curtain away for air and thought the matter over it was regan who made the laws if i spoke of a republic he laughed at me and said <laughs> the discovery of the discoverer a king is a fundamental law of the creation the stars cannot whirl without a ruler if i wanted regan dethroned what of that how was i to remedy the matter how wonderfully the rain was falling was that the river roaring the tumult was so ceaseless and singular that i rose and dressed scarcely had i done so when the sound of shrieks and bird voices came to me hastening into the long hall where we had been in the evening i saw the floor covered with water just then isabella regan and father anaden came into the same room 
It is the sea, it is the sea, they cried. We ran out upon the foothills, from where we could see in the light of the dawn a waste of muddy water and a shroud of cloud. We climbed into the peaks of the lava rocks and waded, drenched with storms. We were above some of the clouds and could only dimly see the demolition of all we prized. Tower after tower fell. The water washed the stones from the foundations of the cathedral. We saw the morass broken by the sea, saw masses of land, as large as a farm, sink from sight like lead. When we could see so far, we could note the flowing columns of fire in the cloud-dark south, still increasing in size and redness. We could hear the bursting of rocks and chasms where the water would not stay. We found some sheltering ledges and waited. End of Part 1, Chapter 5